Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Welcome back to True Crime Archives, everyone. How are you? I am so weirded out by talking not as loud. This is freaking me out. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm trying so hard to not be so loud <laughs> in my introductions like I always am, and it's very difficult. Just be you. Do your thing. I want to be like, hello. <laughs> hello. Welcome back to True Crime Archives, everyone. We were going to use the beginning of the other one. You didn't say that. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you guys, we've, we're having some technical difficulties <laughs> and some disagreements. What <laughs> to do? Uh, um, what to cut out? What not to cut out? It was a plane flying over a minute ago. So. <laughs> and he stopped recording. He should have just kept recording. <laughs> Anywho, I'm just going to jump into my little introduction on what we're talking about today. All right, it's mass murder time. Oh my gosh! Mass yeah. murderer. This is a this is a doozy. I say that. Dad says that I say that a lot, but <laughs> yeah, every single week. Okay, everybody, this is a big one. This is a doozy. This is a great case. Well, that's good. We think they are. So stay listening. Stay tuned in. Yeah. So stop criticizing <laughs> me. <laughs> okay. So uh, the mass who. murderer, John List. So so I want to start off by saying. This is actually a case that was recommended to us by one of our followers, yep. Tracy. So shout out to Tracy. Thank Thanks, you for, Tracy. for uh, suggesting this. Again, guys, if you want to give us suggestions, we'll take a look into them and pick. Send us a message on True Crime Archives Podcast at IG on Instagram. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I'm going to jump into it now. Helen List was born Helen Morris on January 1st, 1924 in Guilford County, North Carolina. In 1941, she married a Marvin Everett Taylor, who was a war veteran who actually died in North Korea on in April of 1951. They had two children, Brenda and Kenneth. Um, Kenneth only survived a year, though, so going forward for the rest of her life, she only had Brenda from that marriage. So that same year, 1951, that her first husband died, she actually got married for a second time to a very religious John Emile List. And they had three children, Patricia, John Jr., and Frederick. And now we're fast forwarding to November of 1971. The family, including John's 84-year-old mother, Alma, is living in a beautiful 19-room mansion in Westfield, New Jersey. Unfortunately, however, John and Helen were not happily married. John began having financial difficulties that he would eventually hide from his family. And Helen began drinking heavily was not very nice to the children, and was hiding an illness from her family that was slowly eating away at her. She had contracted syphilis from her first husband and had let it go untreated, and because of this, it was affecting her brain. All of this and Helen's refusal to attend church anymore drove John to do something so horrific because he thought he would be saving the souls of his family. Yeah, he, he we're going to learn about his motivation. Um, you know, he, he, he projected his actual problems on the whole the whole family i mean yeah they were all going through some stuff but he he just projected it on the whole family he said i'll take care of this yeah it, he's a hypocrite yeah he's 
it's it's this a hypocrite the whole thing is very hypocritical it's mm-hmm. i mean it's terrible awful but it's also his reasoning his yeah what is it what is the word you use uh rationalization of what he yes, did yes yes very good is ridiculous oh is that another big word that i use <laughs> <laughs> bad guys rationalize just like you did when you were growing up <laughs> anyway but dad i yeah okay go ahead so we're gonna jump into the timeline uh, now uh, yep um, someone's a little attitude sassy today. <laughs> he spent too much time with his granddaughter, his one-year-old granddaughter. Okay, so going back a little bit. So 1943, John enlisted in the Army, and he served as a laboratory technician during World War II. What is that? It worked you know in the laboratory. Is? So pro- you go give blood, or you take blood, the uh, dog takes uh, blood, uh, and you got to process the, la- the, the blood. My brain wasn't working when I read that word. Mm-hmm. It made no sense to me. Um, so that's what he did in World War II. World uh, War II. They certainly weren't processing DNA for crime cases in those days. 1943? <laughs> no, I, don't, I wouldn't think so, Dad. As we learned yeah. from my research, that yes. would be 1986. Right. Uh, he was discharged from the Army in 1946, and then he enrolled at the University of M- Michigan to obtain a master's in accounting, right? This is all a little bit of back information, but it's all relevant eventually. Then November of 1950, so four years later, John is recalled to active duty for the Korean War and is stationed at Fort Eustis, Virginia, which is where he meets Helen. Mm-hmm. Now, which is that's still there, by the way, Fort Eustis. Right, I didn't know that, but mm-hmm. interesting. Question though, that's 1946 to 1950. He got recalled. Was that the draft? Were they doing the draft for the Korean War? Is that why? He, why did he get recalled? No, he got recalled. He recalled. Can you get recalled whenever? Yeah, they get the people that recalled for the Gulf War, the the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War. Yeah, but now it's based off of your contract, though. I do thought. you remember your husband was almost getting recalled? Yeah, but last his year. But that's what I'm saying. It that ends on June June of this year. He no longer can be recalled mm-hmm. after June. So that's why I'm asking. Like that's yeah, and that was only three years. It was in the. They, they still had the draft then. Didn't they? That's so. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Why yeah, is he get, being recalled? Like that it, it, is that like the contract thing that Brian has? Is that different from yeah, the 1940s? I, I, I don't know. I'm not or, prepared to answer this question oh, in, this, okay. in this episode. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was. I just thought that was interesting because yeah. E- either way, he got recalled, or he got they drafted him again, or, or recalled that duty. He probably had. They needed lab technicians, I guess. Ah, okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll come back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> in future episodes, <laughs> you'll be prepared to answer that another time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 1951, John and Helen are married in Baltimore, Maryland, right? Yeah. Then 1952, John works for an accounting firm in Detroit. Uh, 1956 or 1960, John and his family move to Rochester, New York, so he can work there at mm-hmm. another bank there. And then in 1965, he accepts a position at a bank in New Jersey, and the family, including his mother, move into the 19-room Victorian mansion in Westfield. And the mansion's name is Breeze Knoll. I guess mansions are named. Yeah, it's a big house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very big. It's got a big ballroom that'll come into play. So sometime in 1971, he is let go from the bank. Now we're getting into the... He was like a vice president or something. Yeah, he was a VP. He yeah. rose pretty high, so yeah. I... Now, he's going to be described as not not a people person, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. he's This is going to be the reason that he is, you know, let go from the bank. So sometime in 1971, he's let go from the bank. He's just not a very good 
mm-hmm. nice human. He doesn't have customer service skills, as mm-hmm. we would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then in November of 1971, which I have to imagine is like the first day of November because the murders take place on the 9th. So I have to imagine this happened early on in November. Uh, the family defaults on their mortgage or probably September, October, one of those two months. They default on their mortgage. Now, this is a, a big 19 room. This is a mansion that they're defaulting on. And then November 9th. So this is this is the day. So he's defaulted on his mortgage. Yeah. The mansion, should we mention? So it's really big. There's like an apartment upstairs. That's where his mother was living. And his mother was living up there. I think there was like a whole kitchen area. Like it was a, an mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah. 19 rooms, big ballroom. Yeah. It was it was really really big. The kids go to I'm school so that morning. You keep mentioning the ballroom. That's got to play a role. It's a good onion. Yeah, I was going to say okay, keep <laughs> keep peeling back that onion, Hannah. <laughs> November 9th, 1971, the kids uh go to school that morning. Uh it's also important to note that so at this time in 1971, Patricia is 16 years old, John Jr. is 15 year old, 15 years old, and Frederick is 13 years old. And that first child from the first marriage, Brenda, she's already married and moved out of the house. So Brenda's not yep, living with yep, them okay. anymore. So we got 16, 15, and 13. At this point, he's lost his job. He's frustrated. His wife is drinking heavily. She's an alcoholic. Her health is deteriorating. She's on medication. She's not nice to the children. There's a lot of arguing, bickering. She doesn't want to go to church anymore. John is a super religious man. And now Patricia wants to be an actress. She's talking about being an actress. And he is just not liking where his family is going, Mm -hmm. the path that his family is going down. The kids go to school that morning. So there's financial problems. And then there's... The marriage isn't good. There's morals. Right. Perception issues and at this point he had already been let go like i said but he was lying to his family he was getting up getting dressed putting on a suit going to work yeah, he's probably going in a to work depression here you know yeah he's trying to get jobs they were falling through he's not a people person he no customer service he was coming home he'd go to the train station he was lying to the family about still having a job uh-huh. the kids go to school and he shoots helen in the head that morning he shoots her in the back of the head and then he goes upstairs and he kills his mother, mm-hmm. Alma, right? And then he... she When he walks upstairs, apparently, I don't know how we know this, but we know that she says, what's all that noise? And she turned and he shot her. Yeah, I watched... So there's quite a few like uh, investigation discovery shows on this. Yeah. And there's quite a few fictional shows on this. I watched one of the old ones from yeah. investigation discovery. And in, I don't know how accurate the reenactment is. It seemed pretty accurate, accurate though, because in that she did say that. Yeah. He, when, you do, when you're doing your research and you see, hear things like that, you're like, how do they know that? Yeah. Like, did, did, he, he, did confess he confess to that? to that? Did he say that that's what she said? I don't, I don't know. He must have. But, okay. In the investigation discovery show that I watched, he is asking her in the reenactment about God forgiving all sins. Yeah, okay. He's asking about a specific passage. And if, you know, he goes, how bad of a sin? Yeah. Like, what's the worst sin that God wouldn't forgive? Right? Because we said he's a very religious man. Which, when I was watching that, I was like, it's kind of too late. You already shot your wife. Yeah. You should have asked that question (laughs) before you decided this. All right. He shoots his mom. So then. He goes downstairs. He goes downstairs and he goes to the bank to withdraw all the money, close out the accounts. 
He stops the newspaper delivery for the next month. He stops the milk. So two dead bodies in his house. Yes. And he's leaving the house to and go take care of stuff. He goes to the bank and withdraws money. He withdrew money and closed the account. Closed the account. So I'm assuming he had some kind of money. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Maybe like 20, 20 bucks. <laughs> they had some kind of money. I think it was a few thousand, they said. And he stops the milk deliveries, and he even excuses the kids from school. He says that they have to go visit his mother-in-law. She's really sick in North Carolina. She's very, very sick, which was true. She was very sick at the time. Yeah, and there's a note. You can get the mm-hmm. note. We'll post the, the link to it, um, uh, the note that he writes to the kids. Right. Well, for the kids. He then returns home, and he makes himself some lunch. Uh, some lunch. How this nice is, of yeah, him. yeah. This next part, I don't know what you found in your research, but I found very conflicting things when I was researching. I found that both boys came home first. Then I found that just Frederick came home and then Patricia and then John Jr. There was a soccer game and he didn't go to the soccer game and didn't go to the soccer game. What did you find? All separate. But the girl came home sick. She Oh, she came home sick. See, I didn't find that. She came home sick. He wasn't expecting. She came home early sick. And so he he shot and killed her. He shot them all in the back of the head. Right. Right. And then the other boy came Those home jo- at, at, regular, at regular time. Okay. And he shot him. That was Frederick. Right. So. Because John Jr. was and the then one that he played takes, soccer. So he takes all their bodies, right? And he drags them into this ballroom. Remember you kept getting me excited about the ballroom? <laughs> yeah. The big ballroom. And he had like sleeping bags, right? So he didn't. He lays them lays a sleeping bag out, and then he lays them on top of the sleeping bag. On top of the sleeping bag. On top bag. of the sleeping bag, he lays them all, all the bodies laid out. Uh, um, the the mom stayed upstairs because he he wasn't gonna drag. He his said mom. she was too, but yeah, she yeah. was too heavy to move. So he's got his wife, and now two of the kids. Two of the kids mm-hmm. laying there on the um on the sleeping bags. So then he goes to the soccer game. Well, but, so but like like, like you said, he had made himself lunch before this had happened, mm-hmm. right? So he's sitting there making himself lunch. So you should be thinking at this point, as we're explaining this, did he have an opportunity to stop? Was he planning this thing out? I mean, I think it's pretty, mm, we'll pretty obvious, that. right? Yeah. Also, an aggravating circumstance for first-degree murder is he was laying in wait. Yeah. Right? Okay, so now he gets in the car and goes to his son's soccer game. Right. And he sitting in the stands. Can you imagine Watching this guy him. sitting in the stands? Hey, cheering. Everything's fine. And I don't, I don't think he was cheering. He didn't and, seem like and, the type of yeah, guy Yeah, that's to true, cheer. too. He probably, probably wasn't talking Just, to anybody. Yeah, no, you know? he wasn't social at all. And then, okay, let's go home, son. And they hop in the car. And this one is particularly sad because... And they drive home. Yeah, they get home and... John Jr. was shot multiple times in the head and the chest. So the theory was that he fought He back. fought He back. tried to fight. And so John List just kept firing until he was dead. He was dead. And then he takes the body. Because it happened as soon as they get in, inside the house. Right. He didn't waste any time. So he had this thing planned out. He, he had opportunities to not kill the rest of the family. And, and he, yeah. And he did it. And then he drags the body into the ballroom and lines up the sleeping bag. So now they're all, so the wife and three kids, right? Three? Three kids three and kids the mo- his mom. Three yeah. kids are laying there all in a row 
on the, oh, the on top of the yeah. sleeping bag, and then the mom's uh, upstairs dead. What does that tell this you is a as course an of investigator a day. when you see that them lined up? Does that tell you anything specific? Uh, you know, he well, he didn't kill him there in a row. He didn't line them up and right. kill him there, right? Because so they were moved. Well, obviously, right, and then the blood spatter probably didn't 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 show that, right? Um, there's probably blood dragging across the floor, so they can, you can tell. So it it what it tells you is they were moved there. They were killed somewhere else and moved there. So there's some sort of motivation for lining them up. I, the sleeping bag thing is weird to me. I'm not really sure what that means. Or I'm not really sure if we got to the bottom of that. It's possible. No, that was never talked about. Right, it's possible that was it was easier to put the sleeping bag down. You roll them over on it, and you could drag them in there easily, right? I would have to see the crime scene because you'd be able to tell if that if they dragged if there's blood and that happened, and then they dragged yeah. and then he dragged the bodies into the, the ballroom and, and lined them up. That might have been the case, and that's probably why no one discussed it. Why it was never brought up in any of the research. Maybe that was the case. They were like, "Oh, this is why." So we're, there's no need to talk about it. You know, it seems that he's a bit organized too. There's oh. there's some profiling. <laughs> Let's um, get into what he does next. A right. little organized, yeah. Yeah, th- this this he's organized, and he. Again, this is all, so we should be thinking premeditation. I mean, mm-hmm. you're trying to solve the crime, right, as an investigator, but there's elements to a, certain, a particular crime, first degree mer- murder, so premeditation is one of them. So, so yeah, they're they're documenting and they're, they're going through uh, the list. Okay, this is looking like he's planning this, so, yep. All right. After that happens, he... Has them all in the ballroom. He leaves on all of the lights, right? So as a recap, let's remind you guys for a second. He canceled the newspaper. He canceled the milk. Mm -hmm. He excused the kids from school, okay? This family is not sociable already, if I didn't make that clear. The wife was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. She was, she just, she was sick. She didn't go out and see people either, and he wasn't sociable, right? He leaves all of the lights on in the mansion, 19-room mansion, leaves all the lights on. He turns up loud, like, gospel music, yeah, classical church music. Yeah, they had an intercom system in this house. Yes. So he leaves it on, I mean, 19-room mansion. So he leaves this loud music playing loudly. We, we actually had an intercom system in the house I grew up in. Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. In the the house that I remember that we yeah, lived in yeah. with Grammy, yeah, your grandparents, yeah, oh, that's cool. I didn't know it was that. just upstairs, downstairs, and you press the button, going down. It's kind of cool, yeah. That's fancy. Yeah. That's that's some fancy stuff. Well, it was a hundred year old house. It wasn't that fancy, but yeah, I think it's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> we houses don't just randomly yeah. have that now. Um, okay, so he turns the thermostat down to what I saw was fifty. So pretty, pretty cold. The reason behind that mm-hmm. was to slow down the decomposition of the bodies to, right. to keep them from smelling and freezing. Right. You have to think about that to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to. That's all calculated. That's mm-hmm. deliberate. Yeah. You know, probably did some research on that. Yeah. He then cuts himself out of all pictures in the house. Yeah, this is weird. He, he like it was smart because I wouldn't scissors. have thought of that. Yeah, no, with scissors. Yeah, just so they couldn't like it they're would gonna, be harder somebody's to identify gonna, him. Right, somebody's gonna know who he is, right? But what he's saying is, I'll just make it difficult. They can't go through the house and grab a picture of me. Right. 
they have to go work for it. And this is, what did we say, 1971? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to work for it. Unbelievable. But he also... So that means very he wants nice, to get away with it. Right. He also leaves... Uh, he had borrowed pictures from the neighbor because they were trying to redo the backyard or something, and he wanted to restore it to its former glory. So he had borrowed pictures from his neighbor, and he left the pictures with a note for the neighbor to make sure they got returned to the neighbor. So mm. how nice of him to do that. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves a confession letter addressed to his pastor. That right. letter so is... So there's a few letters in the house. Mm-hmm. One's addressed to his pastor. He was supposed to mail it, but he didn't mail it, and it was in the drawer. And then he left notes to, to I guess, his sister. Mm-hmm. I think there was a sister, maybe. I didn't see anything about any other notes. I only saw the, yes, the confession note. They were admissions, so... Yeah. Um, well, the one to the pastor was a full-on confession. Yes, we're gonna. Like, we're he gonna. Sign that. That would have been a signed affidavit thing. That would have been. Are you like skipping a, ahead now? No, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so get he leaves there. a letter to the pastor. See now we what? now everybody's like, oh, now we know what's gonna happen. Oh my gosh, no one knows okay. what's gonna happen. All right. Okay. And also, this is a famous case. Probably everyone has heard oh. of this. Okay. So. Mr. King of jumping ahead. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay. <laughs> All right, so he leaves the notes, and then okay. he... He leaves. He leaves. walks out and leaves. A month goes by. Dad, let's talk about the first 48 hours. Why is this crucial that a month goes by before anyone... Can you talk about why? Well, because he has a head start, right? Like, so... why is it... So, typically, we know, right, typically... Law enforcement needs the first forty-eight hours. That's the most crucial well, time. Well, yeah, you got you, why, like why? Why is you're it confusing? You're you're thinking because I'm not confusing anything. No, you're 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 thinking of that show, forty-eight hours. First, no, 48. you've even told me before yeah. that it's important to get things solved in the first forty-eight hours. Where right, you right. like, yeah, lose. you have to preserve evidence right. and collect the evidence and and try to track down um, the bad guy. So it you just you losing time on. On tracking down the bad guy, you know, um, that's basically it. I was just trying to ask a yeah. question. You always tell me to have questions to ask. <laughs> no, no, that's you're right. You there's a lot of time lost here. Mm-hmm. The the other thing, you know, the bodies decomposing, so I suspect the evidence could be, you know, lost. Um, that 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 kind of thing, you know. But you definitely you have to be on the the trail of the bad guy right away. Right. So, you know, witnesses have time, will have time to start talking or getting their story straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that applies in this case, but, but yeah, you need to, you need to jump on no. and start tracking down the bad guy. Preserving no one, evidence and tracking down the bad guy. Right. No one noticed anything suspicious or funny for a month. So it's like 28, 29 days. December 7th, because police they're are loners. Called. Yeah. Right. Like I said, they don't. That was important what I said. They don't, you know, go out and hang out with their neighbors. They're not seen regularly. Mm-hmm. So he left all the lights and the music playing on in the mansion. Yeah, so everyone the, just thought. The lights are burning out. Yeah. So now lights are starting to go out. Neighbors are like, mm, it's a little weird. And they decide to call law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And they go in. What I saw was that they went in through an open window. Yes, they were. Is that? They were there with the neighbors. So mm-hmm. so actually, didn't somebody go look at the house and then the neighbors saw somebody walking around the house, so then they called the police? I think that I think I think there was a kind of a combination of that going on. Everything I read was that the neighbors just noticed weird things like the lights mm-hmm. going out and then like Patricia's drama teacher 
it was a little bit longer than. Yeah, I think. So she called I, too, and that was yeah, why they sent someone But out. somebody showed up. I it think, might have been Patricia's drama teacher. I think it was teacher. the school, right? I think it the might school, have been Patricia's yeah. drama, te- drama teacher. Then, yeah, there was a little bit of conflicting the, went evidence. Went to the in principal this. and said, "Hey, I'm a little worried. I don't know what's going on here." And then they go and they're kind of walking around the house, and the neighbors saw some people walking around the house, and then they, and coupled with all the other stuff of, of of the the lights burning out, they said, "Let's call the police." Yeah, so, so that the was police her show drama up. teacher then. The police show up. The neighbors there. Everybody's there. The police show up, and they're walking around the house. And they go in through a, what would you say? Open window. Open window. So now, so the police are responding. These are health and welfare type checks, situations. Well, you don't just go in the you know, house. No, but, but, but they're collecting the information and the school's saying, you know, we have a note, but we haven't seen it's or heard from It's enough probable the, cause, we're, right? We're, well, yeah, potentially, right? So, the, yeah, so that that's what they're doing. They're collect, hey, we haven't seen the kids in a while, and the neighbors are, are starting to to develop a narrative and give it to the police. Hey, the lights have been on all the time and now they mm-hmm. st- appear to be going out. This music, you know, so they're they're developing a story and the police, they're sort of, they have reason to believe that maybe there's an emergency situation and they need to get into the house. There's some sort of exigent circumstance. So they go into a window that was left open, right? A window, you said? Or? Yeah, it was just like an open window. I think it was right. just like unlocked. So the police go into the house and now they're searching the house. Mm-hmm. The investigator, the original one who entered, said that he could immediately smell the dead bodies. Yes. It you, was you pr- horrible. 30 days, I'm, I promise you. Even with the cold I, temperatures. I promise you 30 days, the second you go in, you're going you're gonna to know. So they see all the dead bodies. They secure it and they, they, you know, they process it accordingly, but they do a search of everything and that's where they get that letter. They find that letter addressed to the pastor. And how did they come to that decision to open it? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, I do know that his, we're going to talk about it in a minute. His, his attorney argued for that, but they somehow found that letter. I'll tell you in the drama reenactment on the mm-hmm. show that I watched, the police, the detective, the police officer was like, should we not open that? And the detective was like, I have five dead bodies. Hell yes, you're opening that. Right, right. So <laughs> That was the drama. Right. And I was like, mm, no, that's loud. That's a good point. So they probably knew it was the pastor, local guy. They probably recognized the name. Mm-hmm. It, but but you're right. So the question is, you know, he, he wrote to his pastor. But you're right. The guy, right, there's dead dead people. So their expectation of privacy is gone. And we'll explain in a minute, but essentially this guy has abandoned, he killed his family, or, or well, I guess we don't know at this point, right? So they're trying to figure out what's going on. So so they have probable cause and they determine to go in the house and they determine, yeah, a crime has been committed. So they're searching the house for evidence of that crime. So right. everything at this point is sort of fair game. Right, because you know? they also and in their sort minds, out what in if court he's later. dead too? Yeah, like right. they want to make sure he's alive, right? right. That would be and, my first and you'll, thought. You'll sort it out in the court later, and they talk about it. They don't just arbitrarily do things. Should I do this? Yeah, let's do yeah. this. We got five dead bodies. So they open this letter, and he basically says it's to the pastor, "I'm sorry, I left you with more work." Yeah, it's. I mean, it's basically yeah. a full confession. I have a couple quotes from the letter at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened. To, like, yeah, it's it's basically a full confession. So now the he police describes in detail everything. Right. I mean, the police still have to put it together, right? So mm-hmm. they they have a, a suspect now. You know, 
you wouldn't you don't just go off the letter you have to put, kind of put it they put have to it, find him you have to put it together right find they him, put talk it together to right exactly but they have a suspect mm-hmm. so they they process the crime scene and preserve everything but they don't have to go looking too far because he says he, he did it you know he confessed mm-hmm. to killing him and it did did he no, he doesn't talk about why until later. He didn't talk about why in that. Um, so in the letter, did he, he talk about of, why? Yeah, he yeah. talked about why. He told the pastor that like Helen wasn't going to church anymore. He had just found out about the syphilis, and, and then one of the one of the daughters wanted she to be wanted in to Hollywood, be an actress. and yeah. he despised that. It's not Christian like. So he wanted to relieve the burden of his family. Yeah, he felt like the world was too evil. He wanted to, uh, you know, ease their souls. And when it came to his mom. He said he didn't want to get mom and her involved, but she was involved because she wouldn't have been able to live. This is one, I think one of the quotes I have down. She wouldn't have been able to live with what he had done to his yeah, family. Yeah. So he had to just release her, her soul. Yeah. And throughout this whole thing, he's going to say that he hopes to one day join his family in heaven. Yes. I'm like, oh me. Right. So, so he's, he's acting like God, you know? Basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're going to find out what he does. He's, he's an idiot. All right, so the police are in there. They're opening the letter. They go in to do the search. They're putting together their their case, and they have a suspect, and now they have to go find the guy. Right, and we've got kind of a theme going on last week and this week, Dad. Confessions. What's up with that? No, not the confession. What? They can't find him. Oh, can't find him, yeah. I mean, yes, the confession part, too, but, yeah, they can't find him. Yeah. So they go to talk to him. He's gone. He's MIA. Yeah. He's they to they be found. found his car. Oh yes, yes. At, at the airport. JFK. JFK, yeah. The international airport. Isn't that out here? It's, no, that's in um up Where's in that? New York, Jersey. Oh, is area. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just all of oh, them sound familiar. Uh, you would you don't want to fly in out of there. But, I have a couple times. Yeah. No, it's right. So they found the car parked there, right? So that with the keys and the title in the car. Right. That leads the police. But there was it, no evidence of him getting on a flight. No, right. What I'm saying, so that leads the police down that road, and that's what he wanted to do. He didn't. He dropped it off there, and then and then went somewhere else. So now, but now the police are saying, "Oh crap, let's go check all the airlines. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see if um if this guy boarded any plane." So that took probably a few police officers to track down some leads, and that killed killed some time. Um, so I mean, that so you had to plan that out. You had to think about that ahead of time, right? Yeah. All right. So he dropped the car off, and then what? I forget what did he go. What? Uh, I mean, he's gonna end up. I know where he was found. We're gonna. There's. I know where he was found. I don't want to get ahead of myself there. Yeah, no. He but he went. He just dropped it off there to throw the to throw the police off. Right, and then uh, we're gonna go eighteen years. Eighteen years. He is out there on the loose, on the run. So we fast forward to May 1989, 18 years after the murder, and America's Most Wanted does a... This is like season one, too. Season one. Yeah. one or, I think it's either season one or three, it, episode 12. It's funny. Our previous episode, it was like the fourth or fifth, sixth season uh, that that they aired that episode. But this one is like first... This is early America's Most Wanted. Yeah. This was 89, and then I think yeah. the, the other one was like... 96 so they, this was there was this was some innovation right and if you think Frank about it bender who's that that is the uh sec- the guy that does the thing yeah so they have a <laughs> forensic they have a forensic sculptor mm-hmm. a forensic psychologist and they they 
they put they they make a, a bust. But this was so police departments likely didn't have the kind of money to do that. But America's Most Wanted, you know, was already very very popular, yeah. already very very popular, and and they said and apparently, John Walsh says, we need to create a profile. We need to see what this person looks like now. So they brought in the the sculptor. Uh, it's Frank Bender. Right, okay. And then a uh, forensic psychologist. And then they actually are able to um fo- aging photo photos of his parents. So they were able to figure out what he would look like and they create a bust. A clay bust. A clay bust. Pretty cool. Yeah. You're going to post uh, okay, I'm getting ahead. See, we look so excited. Right? Yeah, he was giving me crap at the beginning of yeah. this. Now, you keep, <laughs> you keep mind, doing the same thing All to right. me. So they create a bust, right? And then America's Most Wanted airs, and they have, this is a this is a bust. I think I remember this episode. <laughs> I really How do. How old are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was a junkie. Everybody was a... America's Most Wanted Junkie. This was well, you were Security Forces was, 1989, weren't yeah, you? This was yeah. This was <laughs> police work. You were like police. this was raw police work in your living room. Yeah. Right. It, over the years, it got like it's dr- still it, airing. It got wicked drama. You know, um, you know, domestics all day long. But but it, this was like raw police work. Now there's like forty two thousand cop shows on TV, right? But this was this was not anymore. This was, this was awesome. This was exciting. They're canceling you know? those left and right. Yeah. Okay. So they 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 do their their episode and they the show this bust day after it airs. Yes. A woman, and this is what you referenced last week when you got confused. <laughs> yeah. You I got, guys, I got if confused. you were listening, go back and listen to last week's episode. Dad made <laughs> a reference to this. If I didn't cut it out, I can't remember <laughs> if I cut it out or not. But we'll we'll see if you leave it. Yeah, It'll yeah, be okay, funny. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so a woman who is his neighbor okay recognizes the bust of him and his calls, neighbor from when he was living i'm, I'm getting there oh, okay, okay. Sorry. i'm getting there all right so this woman calls and says that she's his neighbor he's living under the name of robert clark and he is remarried and she gives them his address in richmond virginia, virginia. which yeah. is crazy we're in virginia yeah. right now yeah, that's, <laughs> we're not that far from richmond that's about an hour and a half from here yeah so, yeah, she calls and she's like, here's his address. Here's all of his info. And they're like, cool. Let's go look into it. Let's go take a look. Yeah. And they find out that, yeah, he's living as Robert Clark, which is someone he actually went to college with. But they like never it was never confirmed that they were like actually friends. He somehow obtained Robert Clark's social security number. So that's how he was working. He chose all of the same choices in his first life, in his second one. He made all of the same decisions. Mm-hmm. He was working the same exact job, so doing the same exact thing. So yeah, he, he was making a all the same. Loser. Yeah, just same same thing. June first, nineteen eighty nine. He is arrested. The the police go to him and they said, "Are you what's what's the name again?" His, it's Robert Clark are, are or you, John List? Which one? Well, his no, real name. They, or they said they list. said, "Are you Robert Clark?" And he says, "Yes, I am." And they said, "Are you John List?" He says, "No, I'm not." <laughs> Yep, but he was. <laughs> yes. So, so they arrest him. They arrest him. And then April 1990, so a year later, he stands trial for murdering his wife, three children, and his mother. Shows mm. no remorse. I saw some video footage of it. Yeah, he's just... Okay, back to what I was saying earlier. 
So, Hannah, you're going to show um, a picture of the bust mm-hmm. and the picture of when he was arrested. Mm-hmm. And then, just like before, the, the, our listeners can can decide. I'll tell you now what I think. It's unbelievable. There's like a few wrinkles and like a little double chin, but <laughs> it's unbelievable how yeah. perfect it is. He's a he's a typical creepy old man. Yeah, he looks like he's a murderer. Yeah, so Definitely okay, looks like it. All right, so his trial is when? Any? So this is April of 1990. Okay, he uses the uh, diminished capacity, which yeah. is basically the insanity plea. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's, he's PTSD from World War Two. No, that's his appeal. That's his oh, appeal. that's his appeal. Okay. Yeah. So that's gonna he's gonna end up changing it and using that as an appeal, but that gets denied too. No one right. believes it. The judge doesn't believe it. So he April twelfth, nineteen ninety, is his sentencing. He's sentenced to five life sentences, and mm. he does try to appeal, saying that he had PTSD from now both originally. War, wars. Originally, so his defense attorney goes after the search. He files a motion to not to allow the search of the house. Mm-hmm. Says the search, you you it was incorrect. You didn't have probable cause. You you you, uh, you know you absolutely cannot use the search. Anything you found in the search. Mm-hmm. So if the search was incorrect, you cannot use the letter to the pastor. You have to throw that out, right? Right. Then the judge. The judge ruled in this, he, he said, if there's not one person in their right mind that wouldn't think that he abandoned his house, he abandoned his family, he abandoned all the property in this house, therefore he's he's not... He's not entitled to any right right to privacy. The the the, the house was also closed. Yeah, the and mass he had been murder. Payments on it. You know, so the, so the judge ruled nope. So so the search was good. It was ruled good. The second argument was the letter mm-hmm. was to his pastor, and it was not admissible because it was a pastor parishioner privilege, right? Right. And they actually, the 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 pastor actually he testified he testified mm-hmm. a, about that. He says no, it's it's pastor, um, but they that was overruled too. So they were able mm-hmm. to use the um, they were able to use the search, and they were able to use the 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 letter, right? Which was which was the confession. It was a confession. He and one of the things in the letter that kind of speaks to his uh, premeditation. Mm-hmm. So it the. Letter was addressed. It was Reverend Eugene A. Rewinkle. Yeah, it's so hard he's to he's a pastor at the Lutheran Church of the Redeemer. Is the church in the letter? He actually tells his pastor that he originally planned for the murders to be on November first, All Saints Day, um, because it was a holier day for his mm-hmm. family to go to heaven. It was a better day for his family mm-hmm. to go to heaven. But travel plans delayed it until the ninth. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he had. He was obviously planning before November 1st, and then between November 1st and the 9th, he had plenty of time. Did he confess this? No. In court? No, or in the with the police? No. Yeah, didn't then Yeah. He, so he Yes, he does. Yes, he, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does con- he does okay. confess to it, but he uses a Yeah, cuz he tells the he tells the officers and the investigators his reasoning like the church religious stuff like all that right stuff had so the letter is good and, and he tells and he sort of confesses to, to the police and tells them 
that um you know why mm. why he did this yeah so okay what were we just saying he got convicted five life sentences five life sentences first degree murder he appeals it right and then he serves 18 years he died on march 21st 2008 right. the age of 82 in what year was it um in 2006 he does an interview with connie chung that was the one that I was trying to watch, and I literally could not find it yeah. anywhere. It was so frustrating. It's, it's interesting. She was very, very, very popular. Um, yeah, I remember. She she was married to, I think, Maury Povich, huge, mm, yes. huge, huge talk show host, too. But she was very, very popular, and she does the interview with them and says, why didn't you kill yourself, too? That Yeah, that. And the narcissistic jerk says, because I, then I wouldn't get to heaven to be with my family. Because that's a sin, yeah. That, and that was what I was meaning yeah. earlier when I said hypocritical. Like, yeah. So he, he plays the role of God and kills all them to relieve them of the burden, right? The burden mm-hmm. of, of not going down a Christian life mm-hmm. path and the financial woes and all that. And then he was embarrassed and about then the financial when, stuff yeah. too. And then when he dies naturally, he'll regroup with his family in in heaven. That's that's his thought process. That's his rationalization. Yeah. <laughs> so very hypocritical. Now, first degree murder. So I just took some notes here. You know, there's this specific intent. You know, there's there's elements, right? Elements of that crime. You have mm-hmm. to kill someone. You have to have a, a specific intent. It has to be deliberate and pre- premeditated, right? I think we I think we have all that, right? He 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 planned this out. He had opportunities to not kill. And then there's an aggravating circumstance. He laid in wait. It's particularly heinous. Those are aggravating circumstances, which the judge takes the. That's for sentencing, right? right. So the judge takes that into account when when he's sentencing. He or she is sentencing because it's thirty years to life for first degree murder, and they charged him with five life five. Well, five, five accounts, right? One, yeah, five. He, yeah, he killed but he five got people. Five life sentences. So he could have got five thirty year sentences. To, to to five life essentially planned and done with purpose you know first degree mor- murder was planned or intentional killing and that that's that was proven beyond a reasonable doubt and for all five of them he planned right. all five of them with everything we talked yeah, about everything yeah. he did and yep. then what the was evidence in the leads letter. to that the letter plus yeah. he said yes he gave him why mm-hmm. you know again man we seem to be dealing with a lot of narcissists lately you know or d- discussing yeah. a lot of narcissists. So yeah, so this is a good a good conviction, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate that he got to be free for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, karma though, he, he wasn't living at any better of a life. He was still living the same mm-hmm. life, making the same decision. They, the, so. the police just had no leads at all. No leads in hunting him, tracking him down. Isn't that yeah. interesting? How two back to back cases we, again? We do I this. say I we, don't understand. We, we, we just we keep picking this. We, yeah. Well, this was picked for us, right? And it this, just so happened we yeah. picked the other one, it, right? Just so happens that the, well, the previous case was a fugitive case too. That they, they knew, so they knew who the bad guy was. This case, they knew who the bad guy was. We just can't get so, him. Right, can't, they just couldn't get him. No, no DNA situation, and then then the leads run cold cold in that they they don't know where to track the person down they can't they can't find that they've they've run in they've run every any every lead into the ground until america's most wanted again i say 
I don't understand. G- great job on our on who yeah. who who mentioned who referred this one to us. Tracy. Tracy, thanks, Tracy. Good yeah. good job, and to everybody this out there who's listening. If you don't think um, we're gonna pay attention, you know, send us some cases. We'll do them. We absolutely pay attention. Yeah, yeah. and what I mean. So America's most wanted. Th- this is really what began, right? The sensation of yeah. media coverage and because this was the first of its kind. People this bus, at home ooh, paying man. attention. Yeah, yeah. So and now we've moved into this podcast thing where there are podcasts that are solving cases and people being made aware. So maybe you don't necessarily pay attention to wanted posters. Maybe you don't pay attention to the news. I don't mm-hmm. watch television. I have. I only use streaming services. I listen to right. podcasts though. So these are important to get out there for people to hear for things like at least last week. I remember once I got hooked on America's Most Wanted in the late 80s, I kind of almost felt like I got to watch it because what Mm. if my neighbor's a a murderer, (laughs) right? I got to watch it because how can I, like, how can I sleep? Kind of like, how can I sleep if I don't know who the new wanted poster is on America's Most Wanted? It was like addictive. Weren't you like 88, 89? Yeah, but it was um no I got I got so out. So you were thinking your like neighbors were I thought you graduated no, high no, school no. in eighty eight. So, no. And <laughs> so I, I got out of the Air Force once and then got back in, right? Right. Our listeners don't know that. But it was nineteen ninety I got out. This was oh. eighty nine so it was like a year of the show going on. So I'm in Vegas. I'm in Vegas working the casinos. Oh, that's and plausible. Yeah, and, and you know, we want, you know, America's Most Wanted to come on. I think it was only like a 30 minute show, too, right? Mm-hmm. And you just, you, you had it, you, it sucked you. This was like really the first reality show, I guess. That and Cops, you know, no, yeah, I, I was making a mistake earlier. I, the show Cops was real cop drama, right? That no, was, I never really uh, yeah, watched co- cops. the show Cops was. Was it Cops? It, Maybe yeah. I did watch Cops. No, that's What's what, that that's just... what it was. So America's Most Wanted was, was like real crime and, Call this number. Let's solve it. Oh, and then the PD stuff is the right. one I watch. And then and then cops, you know, bad boys, bad boys. Yeah, yeah. That was going on at the same time too, and that was real drama in your face. That's what I meant to say. That's what I was getting confused. So those two shows were going on mm-hmm. at at the same time, and uh, yeah, America's. You watch cops, and then you you watch America's Most Wanted, and yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really what started probably yeah, <laughs> all so, of that stuff. Wow, two back to back. Off of America's Most Wanted. Something I also wanted to say that I thought was interesting we didn't talk about. This is kind of a mm-hmm. theory. So the mansion was set on fire a year after the yeah. murders. It was never, they were, the person who did it was never found. It was yeah. found to be arson. There was a lot of speculation in the neighborhood, in the surrounding neighborhood, because I guess, you know, the mansion kind of became like a legend. So kids would like, break in and go play like hide and seek they mm-hmm. play in the man like real morbid stuff like even the kids now as yeah, adults, yeah, yeah. they would that talk is... about they're like oh yeah it was real morbid yeah that was the street but... the house on the street you go oh don't go there that's where old man list killed the family you know right there's probably songs and oh, folklore and creepy, everything creepy, yeah yeah creepy, yeah. creepy. Uh, that was your murder house so, yeah. <laughs> literally guys, there's murder houses everywhere yeah yeah it was probably so, someone that hated them they burned it down well, so th- some of the neighbors were saying that this house drew a sa- satanic cult because there were like, what is it, the hexagram? What are the, the little symbols yeah. were popping up all over the place and all spray painted on the house. So they were thinking that it was a satanic cult that... Yeah, probably. But how interesting, the theory that maybe he came back and set it on fire and <sighs> yeah. he had, oh, he that's had good, someone set so it on fire. That's, 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 well, that's a good point. It, 
you know, so that's a that's a real good point. Um, that's what when, I thought when I first heard when that. You, I was like, ooh. When you're a fugitive on the run, for when you're a mass murderer on mm-hmm. the run, the only people you would have helping are would be probably loyal family members. And I don't think he had any of those left, right? Because yeah, no. why would you get someone to help you come back? If somebody knows who, like you, that better be the most loyal friend or family you have and that they're not going to turn you in. Right. You well, know? like last week's father. Right. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. So again, loners who don't have a, a large network, they'll get away with, with yeah. being fugitives for a while, you know? Yeah. Crazy. I, I don't understand how people... Yeah. get away with avoiding the law for 18 plus years mm-hmm. i don't understand how like how like i have questions right we've talked about this i ask questions how mm-hmm. did he get that dude's social security number how does one steal social security numbers i don't understand this even when my cards get compromised mm-hmm. how how do you get my card information how there's it makes the, no sense the bad guys figure it all out listen There's i don't think like do, a yeah. criminal so yeah, right, it makes right, no right. sense to me you so gotta think like a criminal i, I if I you want to do this you gotta think like a criminal i so someone needs to i just don't understand how did he get his social security number they weren't even friends you know you probably he probably walked into the office you know the clerk's office or the social security they 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 probably figured it out you know i mean this guy premeditated you know his murder. He, he fig- you know he, yeah. he he had this all planned out. Murdered five people and planned his escape. And he and it worked for eighteen years. Yeah, I, he didn't know. I he had no clue. Nor did last week's bad guy that America's most wanted was gonna be developed. You know, yeah. one one guy because of the the death of his the murder of his little little his kid. He says, "Hey, that's it. I'm on a crusade now. We're gonna do a TV show and we're gonna air." Bad guys that are on the run, yeah. and um, <laughs> love it too. John John Wallace, he, he's like the true prod podcaster, right? He'd be like, yeah. "Help us catch this idiot," <laughs> yeah. or "Help us catch this loser," or he's yeah. like Joe Kenda, right? "Help yeah. us catch this loser," y- you know. <laughs> um, and he had no clue that this was gonna. He's ah, well, I had a good run, huh, literally. I had a good run. Yeah. Can you imagine his wife? So th- I was going to say that. So his his wife comes out and says, John List, or are you talking about John Walsh or John List? No, John wife? List is wife. John yeah. List's second wife. So she says, she makes a statement, I had no idea about his, pa- I didn't yeah, know anything. Of course anything, she didn't. Right? So what is interesting to me, and I should have, I meant to mention this last week, but f- so like these people that are on the run, like Lester Eubanks and even John List's any remaining mm-hmm. family members he has, 2021 we have shows podcasts movies all of these things that are talking about these people like lester eubanks how how is he walking around you know how big netflix is you know how big that unsolved mysteries show was how many podcasts just this last week when we were discussing doing these cases Mm -hmm. i saw a bunch of other podcasts that have covered them yeah how are these people walking around looking over their shoulder probably not sleeping probably have anxiety taking pills you, you know just one eye open and, and the other, you know the other one shut that's you know that's a worse stomach problems stress you know yeah i i just don't i will never understand it yeah. but that's why these what's things cool are important is, what's cool is, <laughs> what if they listen to the podcast that's be cool huh and now they're on the run because they listen to our okay all right, well, good good job. This was a good one. This You'll turn um, yourself in then yeah. if you're listening. So the, the difference in this one, you know, the bad guy confesses in a letter. Mm-hmm. You know, the sort of the investigation cool part was 
you know, they, they had to argue the search and seizure of the letter and then whether it was admissible. We've had some cases like that and all, all stuck. Good police Still work have again. Still another one going. And then they, they ca- then, you know, help of the public. See, you can't, they can't, police can't do it alone. So Yeah, props and a round of applause to that neighbor, that busy body neighbor. This is what I'm picturing. A woman who is just a busy body. She talks to everyone. Uh, yeah. And she is frustrated because, again, John List is antisocial who is this family that lives in my neighborhood that does doesn't not come want to out talk to that me. doesn't yeah. talk to That's people good, yeah. i know his face i'm gonna look at his face because this is what i do i pay attention to my neighbors okay i if you are not social to me it's right. the same thing i do the same but thing i'm a busybody she when, goes oh that's him i'm calling immediately when our listeners see a picture of the bus they're gonna know yeah that she she goes ah that, she goes, oh my God, that's, yeah she that's had the antisocial yeah, guy that's the right that's the antisocial yeah. guy i'm turning that bastard in yeah. yep, yep immediately calls yeah, okay. she's she's sitting by the she's sitting by the the window yeah. watching america's most wanted peeping out her window <laughs> looking at everyone she's like i'm gonna write down i she gave the exact address the fact that she gave yeah, the yeah, exact yeah. Oh, address here, she's here, such yeah. a busybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah love that be that type of neighbor that is the neighbor yeah. you need to be all right awesome good job <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again so much for listening. Another frustrating one, I know. It sucks when it's not just cut and dry and the person can go to jail for the rest of their life like they deserve. But, you know, it's a interesting thing to talk about and hear dad's take on it. So if you are enjoying listening to us, please, please go give us a rate and review on Apple Podcast. We love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. You can also give us a rate and review and leave us like a voice memo on anchor.fm. We want to start really being able to, you know, answer questions, do little plugins. And again, please recommend cases to us. We, you know, we're still just starting out and we love to hear what you guys want to hear. This is for you. So again, big shout out and thanks to Tracy for suggesting this to us. We really appreciate it and Cannot wait to see you guys next week. Later.